Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca slash IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Miss Trish Josephs. Hello, Trish, and welcome back on the show. How are you? Hi, Tyler. I'm doing great. Thanks for having My me. My absolute pleasure. I had you on before when you were at your last gig and we had a great conversation and you brought some really cool things on my radar. And recently, or maybe not so recently, over the last five months, you've you've moved on to some to expand your horizons as as you often do, to have positive influence on other aspects of our community, is what I'll say. But you're the director of applied research and innovation services at Southern Alberta Institute of Technology. So we're going to acronym this. You're the director at RS at SAIT. So let's just start. Like, what, what, what is an RS? I'll be honest, before I, you got the role, I didn't, I'd not heard about it. It wasn't on my radar. So ARIS is the arm of SAIT that actually is the interface with the community okay. for solving problems, which is what applied research is, and driving innovation forward. Um, I like to think of us as the engine that is helping to drive our economy. And, um, you know, I often say to people, um, Eris is one of the best kept secrets around, but not a secret anymore. (laughs) And uh, we're, we're like the MIT of Canada. Tyler, to be very honest. Okay, you just got everybody's attention when you said that one. That's a good one. That's a good reference point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, MIT is known for its work in innovation and its work in helping to commercialize new technologies. And this division of SAIT, and it's been around since 2005, works with industry partners, all types of industry partners. So big industry, SMEs, brand new technology companies to solve problems and drive technology forward through to commercialization. Okay, so... I'm picturing, you know, you know, obviously say it has different schools and they have a dean of this and you're a director, not a dean. Uh, so do I sign up for this program as a student or is it a combination of, you know, you're engaging with other departments and other areas of focus and say, and then clearly, uh, you know, which I really want to talk about a lot is your involvement with the community, with, with these companies that are like, again, solving you know, what are sometimes, you know, wicked, exciting problems. <laughs> right. So Eris is an integral part of SAIT. 
and uh, we often have students attached to everything that we do. So uh, like the deans of all the different schools, um, the equivalent of the dean of the school, I guess, would be the director of Eris, which is the position that I've taken on. And we interface with the schools for students that are doing capstone projects and for industry partners that uh, would like to engage students attached to some of the work that we're doing. So, in fact, there's, there's a lot of student involvement. And one of the things that you may have heard recently is SAIT's new visionary plan by Dr. Ross. And uh, Dr. Ross, he's a visionary leader, and he talks about uh, new world, new thinking in our strategic plan. And the fact that this institution is really known for its what we call applied learning. So putting students in a position where they're going to be employment ready when they leave this institution. That's this idea of applied learning. And that's a very big part of our integration with the schools at SAIT. Because much of the work that we do is with the potential employer of these students. And we interface with actually almost all of the schools, I would say all of the schools, uh, in some of the work that we do. And uh, on any given project, we may have one student. We may hire graduating students to work on projects. Uh, We have capstone projects. So there's lots of different ways that we interact with students. With the ultimate goal of getting them to work on, quote unquote, real things in the real world. You know, and I'm not, not, not certainly demeaning anything about education, but oftentimes like, oh, well, yeah, but in the real world, we do it this way. And I, what I always, why I'm a fan of SAID, or one of the many reasons I'm a fan of SAID, is that applied side. It's like, well, let's get real. <laughs> like, these are real things in real, like, companies, and there's dollars on the line, and there's problems, and there's innovation, and competitive advantages, all the things that, you know, I think all of Calgary, we're fighting for all of our competitive advantages right now. <laughs> yeah, and I think, Tyler, you know, the world of education is changing. Um, You know, what we used to view as education, I think, especially with the pandemic, we're going to see a massive transformation in the world of education. So what does the education of the future look like? We've now all realized that we can uh, do education digitally, some of it, not all of it. And this actually now starts to shift how we think about what are the skills and the knowledge that is required for us to get young people out into the workforce and and bring their bright ideas also forward. So I I think for us at SAIT, I mean, the the lens for us is always on, you know, our students and the future for them. But as an applied research institution, the lens is also how do we help transform industry in our community? And how do we drive innovation forward? That's I love it. You and I, and you and I have talked about this before on one of our on of our our, our our first podcast date. This being our this being our second date. Um, talk to me a little bit about the companies that you're interacting with. It feels like very much that you're a liaison between the students, kind of on one side, the industry on the other. Are you going out there? Are they talking to you? Who's coming forward? Like, what are you seeing when it comes to because your 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 department only works if you've got companies actively involved with you pretty much at all times, right? Right. So it's all of the above, to (laughs) be honest with you. So the way that the polytechnics are set up in Canada and the applied research divisions of the polytechnics, 
much of what we do is what we call applied research. And I think there's, a, there's quite a misunderstanding about what actually is applied research. Okay. And in a nutshell, applied research is solving problems, whether those be operational challenges for an energy sector company, or it, it could be all kinds of different problems that an industry sector could face. And it's also moving technology from a prototype stage through to commercialization. So if we think about it in those two spaces, um, we actually work with hundreds and hundreds of companies. And our secret sauce, I say at SAIT, is that our expertise lies in the intersection of this world of energy, which has now become very focused on clean energy, the world of the environment, how do we interact with our environment, and how do we build the sustainable, resilient community of the future? So if you think of the intersection of those things, clean energy, environment, and the sustainable, resilient community of the future, that's the space that we play in. And anything that has to do with any of those areas is where we, we do applied research and we drive innovation forward. So when you ask us about the types of companies that we work with, we work with companies in the energy sector. We work with companies in the construction sector. We work with all kinds of companies in the digital space. We work with material science companies. We work in some cases with the arms of healthcare and agriculture. And so we work with multiple industry verticals in solving those kinds of problems or moving technology forward. At SAIT, we have set up six what we call centers of excellence in applied research. One is in the area of conventional and unconventional energy. One is in the area of what we call environmental technologies. Uh, we have a center of excellence in green building technology. And this is very significant because this center is funded federally by our federal government and our provincial government to be what we call a technology access center. So it's been stood up specifically to be that interface with industry. So our Green Building Technology Center is that center. We're in the midst of standing up a very exciting new center at SAIT called the Center for Innovation in Advanced Materials and Manufacturing. Additive materials, advanced materials, manufacturing. And this is going to become very relevant as we start to discuss the circular economy and some of our natural resources and how do we repurpose those things into different things. We also have a center for innovation and information technology. And this center got started developing RFID technology, but now has become basically an enabling area for all of the work that we do at our applied research division here. Because as you know, digital technology, information technology is embedded into everything that we do. Um, probably one of the areas that we are most known for in the last little while is our center of innovation in what we call unmanned systems. And this is our drone technology. And once again, this space is uh, its a flagship for SAIT. We have some of the 
top expertise and for sure the top infrastructure in all of North America in drone technology. And in fact, uh, we house a Swiss drone. We are the only ones that have it in all of North America. And those drones are being used in the energy sector. They're being used in the environmental area to monitor waterways and the environment. We're using them with indigenous communities right now in looking at some of the, some of the uh, challenges around the residential schools. We're using those, that drone technology with the construction industry. Um, during COVID, we use that drone technology in delivering medical supplies to rural communities. So that technology and that center of excellence is actually another one that I consider to be an enabling technology. It's like this area of digital technology where these technologies enable other industries to transform. I like you, the foundational, like the, the, it's not to say it's a sector, it's an underpinning of everything, i.e. digital, you know, being referred, oh, the digital space, well, no, right. it's digital, it's digital, everything. Uh, so interesting. So you said a lot, and it all gets me very excited, like to not, you know, always being positive, but let's talk reality. That, that's a lot of, that's a many-headed beast right there, and there's a lot going on. So from your perspective, what, what do you see as challenges? Is it adoption? Is it companies being willing to you know, invest the time and energy and, and ultimately resource and funds into that? Is it getting enough people? Because you, you, know, you need fresh brains thinking about these things. So I'm curious, because all of this stuff gets me really excited about the forward motion of our province and the companies in our province. And to hear like only in North America, like there's so many things like this in Calgary that just don't get talked about enough. That's why we bring them on the show. But if you, know, if you were going to wave the magic wand of, wiping out any type of place where you see an obstacle or something that's holding us back. Kind of what are some of the things you see again with a positive tone, but let's be real. That's a lot of things. Is there anything where we can just like where we need to double down? So Tyler, I came from industry before I came to mm -hmm. SATE. And I think uh, as a result of that, the thing that stands out the most for me is our, our challenge around commercializing the solutions that we develop, okay. especially in Alberta. I mean, you and I have talked about the fact that we export more ideas that get commercialized <laughs> every other place around the world. And, and we have the talent, we have the brains, we have the technical infrastructure. And in fact, at SAIT here, we have almost $450 million worth of technical infrastructure that we use to work with community mm. in helping develop solutions. We, we call SAIT the living lab. You know, our campus is set up as a living lab for us to test technologies and to drive innovation forward. The largest challenge that we continue to have in Alberta is the early adoption of technology. Mm, okay. And it is getting over what we call that valley of death for the entrepreneurs. And here is what I believe is also our greatest opportunity is we have these institutions like SAIT. We have a sister in Edmonton that I call Nate. And we have uh, the Polytechnics across Canada that are actually these amazing engines that can work with industry. We can work with government. We can work with the investment community in helping to de-risk the technologies that we actually invest in. And I think this is a really, really important point. And I'll give you the greatest example that I have. Uh, very recently, 
we were honored by the city of Calgary in winning one of the categories for the Mayor's Innovation Challenge. Okay. So the city of Calgary stood up this challenge and it was all anchored in climate change. And of course, the city of Calgary is a, they've got their own supply chain. They're running a big engine for our city and they've got challenges. They've got a grid that's not stable. They're looking at how do they develop green building technology. So they put up a challenge to say, help us. We want to hear from you because we know we've got some of the best innovators in the world in our province. So 131 different companies applied to the mayor's challenge. That's a lot of companies to look at. They, they categorized it in a couple different categories and they whittled that down to some winners about who could actually work with the city of Calgary in developing solutions that could make a difference. Well, here's the really interesting part. Our team at SAIT won one of the categories with a brand new battery technology that, would, that two of our very young researchers developed. And one of the companies that we're incubating here at SAIT, that we're working with in partnership to help advance their technology, they were the other winner. So you've got this major engine helping to drive innovation in our city. But what we don't see it as, as an engine that can also help us de-risk choices so that we can become an early adopter of technology. And Tyler, this is really important because one of the greatest value propositions we have at SATE is that we are unbiased. Our work in this division is, is unbiased work of technical experts. And the reason that I say that is because we do not take IP here okay, at you, 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 you got and, You got ahead of my next question, Trish. <laughs> well, and because it, it all fits together. Right. It's all part of this puzzle. Um, because we don't take IP, it, it allows us to really be mm. that unbiased expert partner. But we have never actually gone out and started to talk to layers of government and the investment community about being a partner to help them de-risk technology. Because if you ask the city of Calgary or you ask the province of Alberta, why will you not adopt the technologies that you are providing money to They're incubating those technologies. I've had a lot of guests talk about this yeah. problem, that it, this chasm absolutely. of death is a real thing. And <laughs> absolutely. And one of the reasons is because they're public institutions. They're public entities, and there's risk of associated. Course. And they need to answer. It's a governance model, really, is at the end of the day, right? Of course. But one of the things that we've, I think, forgotten about is that we've also stood at these incredible entities in our province. We have SATE. We have Nate, we have Red Deer College, we have Medicine Hat College, and these are the hands-on technical institutes that we can actually work with in partnership with them to help to de-risk technology and de-risk the choices that we could then be an early adopter. Is is the so the, the, the mayor's challenge? Just curious, was that is that also revolutionary? And because it's funny, I had the mayor on. I had. Um, 
Mayor Neji on last year, and he said, he said, one of the problems is we can't even buy local because our supply chain doesn't allow it. He brought that up on the show as we were talking about. So to hear them doing that now, so that, that feels like that was a bit of a pilot project for them as well to kind of, as a response to that of like, hey, why aren't we take this whole rush to be second in, in Alberta or a lot of places around innovation, but to hear the city doing that, I'd heard about it, but I didn't really, I didn't look into the details. So are we doing that provincially or is that, was that a first step or was that like a, maybe a door opening opportunity to see the, 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 the city do that? Well, okay, now this is where I get to talk about me being a Calgary. And <laughs> you have, you have the microphone, Trish. You have the microphone. <laughs> and you know what, Tyler? I would tell you that this is a city of entrepreneurs and this is a city of innovators. And uh, I think our, our own municipal gover- government, our city of Calgary, showed that by their actions. Mm, fair enough. And kudos to the team at the city of Calgary that stood up that mayor's innovation challenge because it has now opened a door to new conversations. And it's conversations like this. And, uh, you know, we have uh, many passionate individuals in this city that are working in this innovation ecosystem. And we're not doing it in, in, without our sisters in the province. Because Edmonton is working hard. Red Deer is working mm-hmm. hard. Medicine Hat is working hard. And I can tell you that provincially, we are starting to rapidly connect the dots. And this is what this looks like. Very recently, we stood up a thing called the Alberta Carbon Hub. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be situated in Calgary, but that's going to be provincial. We're now talking about provincial uh, connections around the whole hydrogen economy. And so all of these things are now coming to play And, you know, each of the governments, our city of Calgary and our city of Edmonton, I think we're all working to a common cause. Mm -hmm. And that is, is the diversification of our province. You know, how are we developing, you know, the sustainable, resilient, most enviable community of the future? And, you know, Deborah Yeldon talks about this city being the greatest city to live in. Well, I think this province is the greatest province to live in. I, I, I agree and I with think, you. you know, our, our movement in the tech industry, and we talk a lot about the tech industry. Well, we've all, we all talk about now tech being the enabler. And now we're starting to look at, you know, being a leader in agriculture, being a leader in, you know, material science and the, con- the transformation of the construction industry, you know, we had our friends at PCL Construction visit us at SAIT last week. And what an amazing conversation that was about the transformation of the construction industry. We have multiple technology companies working in the green building space right now. In fact, I will tell you that our green building technology area here at Eris, we're working with 30 plus companies right now looking at all kinds of advances in green building technology. This is important stuff. And I'm assuming all shapes and sizes, because obviously PCL being at the, at the, at the, the higher or the large, the larger enterprise end of that versus I'm assuming you're also rubbing shoulders with small companies, startups, innovative ideas that can also use some of those bigger companies to help get their ideas off the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you know, one of the roles that we play is we're that connector <laughs> and that collaborator. Right. And I mean, you and I have joked about this. We talk about plenty of fish. Everybody knows what plenty of fish is. 
Well, I always say to them, it's going to be plenty of trish. You're going to get sick of this. <laughs> but we, we, we have to start being that connector where big company, government entity is saying, we got a problem. Here's our problem. Well, we need to connect them with the small technology companies and those new entrepreneurs that have the solution. And I will tell you that many of the new tech entrepreneurs, they understand uh, what SAIT has to offer, what we have to offer at Eris, because they come to us and we help them develop their prototypes. We help them move their technology along. In the last two and a half years, this division of Eris worked with over 600 companies. We built over 425 prototypes. Tyler, that's a lot that's of a ton industry of partners. Okay, so how are and how are you getting on people's radar? Because again, not that I know everything that's going on in the city, but I certainly try to try to keep my my false on much. And I hadn't heard of you guys at all, or it or it never meant anything to me. So maybe I didn't register it, and that's often the case. We hear and see things, but until they're relevant, how are all these companies like finding you guys? Is it more like do you hold events as an incubator? I'm just curious. I want to get more people hearing about you, so I want to understand how they find you now. Mm -hmm. So we do all of those things, and we work very actively with the innovation ecosystem. Yeah, that makes sense. So, for example, a lot of the new technology companies, um, the entrepreneurs, they get that technology, you know, to the garage. We got, we got a little working prototype. Where do I go next to help me develop this into a bigger prototype? Well, you might need the fabrication lab. Well, you might need the technical infrastructure. The place that the technical infrastructure is housed is in our province, is at the Polytechnic Institutes. Much of it is housed at SATE and NATE, Red Deer College, Medicine Hat College, and these institutes have been specifically set up in this space of applied research and innovation to help those entrepreneurs. Okay. So I would tell you that a lot of the entrepreneurs know that we exist, and often those entrepreneurs eventually develop into what we call SMEs. Yep. They become small and medium-sized enterprises. And we continue to work with them to develop next iterations of their prototypes. You know, we have a new problem that we need help with, so they'll come back to us. I think one of the areas that we can really do a better job is connecting the bigger enterprises with the new entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that's the, how do we find the solutions? And, and Tyler, you and I have talked about this. Um, Traditionally in Alberta, we have stayed in our industry lane. Mm. Energy has stayed in industry. Cannabis has stayed in cannabis. You know, the, we, we tend to stay in our lanes. I will tell you that what has been dramatic over the last couple of years, and this is most likely because of COVID and the perfect storm that we're <laughs> yes. in and the digital revolution, that we're starting to do a lot of cross-industry collaboration. And entities like SAIT and NATE have this amazing ability because we work with all of the industry verticals. So a problem that somebody might come to us in the agricultural sector, we might know that the solution is in energy or maybe that solution was actually in healthcare. And now we have the ability to connect the new tech entrepreneurs and some of these new solutions with the companies that are having the challenges. And, and this is where we really can start to drive the economy forward. Because if we can help a company solve their problem, that looks like job creation. That looks like a thriving economy. Yes, it does. 
it's a question I used to ask way back at the beginning of the podcast. If you could take two industries and, and basically put them in a room together to chat that maybe don't normally hang out, and that's something we used to talk about a lot on the show and haven't recently, who would you, who do you think can learn the most from each other right now based on your experience? And I know that's probably not a one or two answer, but from your perspective, who would you want to lock in a room together just to see what would happen? So here's who I want to lock into a room, and we're doing it already. <laughs> nice. So Excellent. here, So we just need to do more of it. We need to get all of our folks that are in the energy business starting to talk and interact and collide on an absolutely regular basis with all of the folks in the agricultural industry and all of the folks that have anything to do with infrastructure, transportation, anyone that's involved in building a resilient community of the future. Because that's where the transformation is going to happen. And Tyler, we're starting to see it. I mean, think about biofuels. Think about, uh, you know, post-COVID, one of the biggest challenges that all of the economies in the world are facing now is energy security, food security. Well, in order for us to find those solutions, we can't be thinking about things in a lane anymore. When we build new structures, and I'll give you the example, we are about to embark on one of the most exciting projects for this city. We're redeveloping the south part of downtown with a brand new event center and a brand new hockey arena. And we now have the chance to do an even more spectacular build than the city of Seattle that they did with the Kraken Arena, the first net zero arena in the world. We can do even beyond that, but it requires all of us to come together and say, what does energy look like? What does the environment look like? How does clean, resilient infrastructure play into this? What is going to be our food? You know, all of these things need to come together. I've heard, and I agree with you, and I've heard from some guests that sometimes there's simply just, like there's a language barrier, is, as a simple way to put it, that the way one industry talks about something, even though you might be talking about a similar, you're looking at, you know, the elephant from different ends and describing the elephant with your blindfold on, that old joke. But curious, when you see that or when you get those groups in the room, like, I love that concept. But if there's a language barrier, for, for lack of a better way, to, if you're speaking one language, I'm speaking another, how do we overcome that? Is it, one, the willingness, or does a, like, you know, a group like yourselves, is it part of your role to be that translator, to bridge some of those gaps? I think it is our role to be, to be that translator and that advocate. But Tyler, I also think it's our, it's our innovation ecosystem. And we talk a lot about that in Calgary. And, you know, uh, City of Calgary, we're, we're, we're getting really excited to open the doors to the Platform Innovation mm -hmm. Center. We're going to have a home downtown that we, it's a visible uh, entity that is really, really connected to this innovation ecosystem. And I know that Terry Rock and his team down there are doing amazing things at bringing down these industry silos. And I will tell you that our School of Advanced Digital Technology and the work that Jim is doing in not having these industry barriers, like when we talk about problem solving, it's virtually impossible for us to talk about the challenges that we face in the construction industry without thinking about energy and water and our environment. Like, you can't have those conversations anymore. Right. And all of these things are starting to play together. And, and I mean, we have a burgeoning health tech industry starting to bubble in Alberta. 
And again, how does this play into this idea of a sustainable, resilient community of the future? Ag tech, food tech, fintech, health tech. <laughs> no, that's tech. a long list. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to pull them all together. And I mean, the, the, the secret sauce of Alberta is that we have the brilliant entrepreneurial minds here, and we have the passion and the energy of being a builder. Mm. We love to build things in Alberta. And, and so the opportunity, quite frankly, Tyler, is ours to lose <laughs> because, you know, we can be the leader in many of these conversations. And I mean, you look at the big agricultural companies like Nutrien and, and, and where they play in this space. And Nutrien is an important piece of Calgary. Mm -hmm. It's an important piece of Western Canada. You know, we look at the big companies in, in the construction industry. A lot of them are rooted in this province. And are we bringing all these pieces together? So, yeah, I do think we have a role for that. And I know, um, you know, all of us, whether it be our, you know, our, our cousins over at the research institutions, U of C, Mount Royal, U of A, we're starting to really come together and say, you know, let's work on all of this together. It's good to hear that there's that much collaboration because from the outside, it kind of feels like it could be church and state, but I'm glad to hear that, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, education still is a business and everyone has to kind of also take care of their bottom lines. Curious, the funding model, you're dealing with a lot of startups taking people from the garage, you know, beyond the napkin, but you're taking to that next level of prototype. Are you guys also helping steward the conversation around funding? Yes, and, and the funding model is really interesting because especially for me, Tyler, I came from industry where it's a very clear path. You know, you follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and so, the, so I'm navigating a new world here. And that new world is much of the drivers for innovation right now in Canada are connected to a, what I call a fairly rigid funding model, okay. right? Government, uh, you know, sets out funding ideas, challenges. We attach thing, you know, grants to those. We find industry partners. And I think what we need to do is we also need to look at this with a more entrepreneurial lens and say, you know what? We need to allow industry to, to be that market pull for the problems that we need to solve. And then we need to, to work with government in saying, do we understand what the engine is that is driving the economy? Do we understand how we go from a company that is four people to 30 people in this province? And if our educational institutions, University of Calgary, St. Nate, if they are a part of getting that company to go from a company of four to 25 people, how do we support those entities so that they continue to do their work? And I think we've got a ways to go okay. there. Yeah, Because right agree. now... Mm -hmm. Much of it is reactive. Much of it, we wait for the funding and then we go like crazy. And if you look at, you know, how was MIT stood up? And I always refer back to this because globally, many of us know that MIT is one of those global entities that is really known to be a driver of innovation. And back in 1985, when MIT was standing up its MIT Media Lab, they started out working not specifically with government, but they actually started working as an industry partner. 
a collaborative partner with industry to deliver that value to industry. And I think that we need to be looking at that as well in a much bigger way. Government needs to be a partner and they need to make sure that that expertise and that infrastructure is here in the province and it's not going elsewhere. So we need to make sure that we, we hold that expertise and we've got these robust multidisciplinary teams of unbiased experts to work with the industry and our industry partners in driving applied research and innovation forward. But we also have to be looking at how we partner with industry in a different way. I, yeah, depending, you know, lots of books on startup ecosystems and what makes them fuel. And oftentimes the role of government, you know, in those, what I've read is very much remove obstacles, provide the right incentives. And I'll be blunt, get the hell out of the way. It's a little bit of like what yeah. I've read when you read about what happened in, you know, in Denver yeah. and some of those stories of those tech ecosystems and how they grew. And it was very much, and then getting some exits and getting the cycle going where you've got that, that, that money coming back in and not only money, but money with experience for the next round and next round. And, you know, sitting at the coffee table on a bunch of millionaires and t-shirts that have had multiple exits that are looking for their next thing. That's what really fuels the round. And we're just, I think we're just early in that stage. Like, I believe we're well on our way to that. Hey, we were that in the oil and gas sector. And now we're just creating a whole new version of that here. Like we've done it before. I had chatted with a friend of mine, Wilson Acton. And he said, you know, we did it with oil. We did it with energy. We've done it with ag. Now we're doing it with technology. He goes, this, to say it's new. No, this is just the next round in Alberta. I really like that positioning to treat it like we have experience here. Just now this is a new kind of area for us to focus on. And that's pretty exciting. We've done it before. We will do it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree that. And I, and I think our government is going to be a key partner in okay. that. And, and, you know, I mean, it would be amazing to see our own government of Alberta and government and city of Calgary lead in being an early adopter of our own Alberta incubated technologies. And, and I think, you know, for us, like, that's a, that's a goalpost that I think we can make happen. We can, we can get over that, that finish line in Alberta, and, and we're working together to, to do that right now. That's so, you know, it, when you say it out loud, it just makes sense. But then the realities and the rhetoric and the, the way we've always done it. But you're right. If we're going to be different, we, you need to leave old ways behind. And that's so easy to say on a podcast. <laughs> it sometimes, it, it doesn't survive the uh, in, encountering the life of, of, rea of reality. So interesting to hear though. Uh, and thank you for, for uh, an heiress. And you say it right, not Aris, heiress. For sharing the story about what you guys are doing. It just feels like you're right at the, you're right at the intersection of kind of what's happening, right? The evolution of industry and companies really they have to change, but also still being burdened by their own governance and the way they've done business. Now you've got startups that you know are burdened by all the other things, like we don't have enough funding and it's a new idea and we've never done this before. Man, you marry those together properly. That is the that's the alchemy of it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and I mean it. Well, Tyler, you just you just nailed why I left the private industry to come to this institution. And, and I mean, number one, we have to have the right leaders and we have to have the right vision. And number two, we have to have the people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and then and get it done. Get done. We already and, get shit done, Car Province, right? <laughs> and, and you know what? We have that in this city. And, and I'm, I'm just, number one, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be able to come to an institution like SATE and to be able to work with this fabulous group of people that we have here. And... It's going to be really exciting for our city and our province because we, we have everything that we need right in front of us 
to, to drive a, a fabulous economy going forward for Alberta, to diversify, to be global leaders. I mean, as we're speaking, COP26 is about to happen. Yes. You know, we are forefront and center in those energy conversations, and we can be in, that, in those conversations and actually lead. And, and I mean, I'm just super excited to, to, to be here and to be part of this as we, as we continue to go down the path. Well, to know your background is to know you've spent a lot of time in the private sector, aggressive growth, startups. To, for you to make the decision to go to, to this role, that said a lot to me about like, oh, Trish, see something, see something pretty exciting here. Because again, I loosely know your background and you've always been involved in aggressive, rapid growth, like in industries that change, that change things and do things differently and getting out there in the forefront of it. So when I saw you taking this role, I was really excited to chat with you because I knew it had to be something good or, or, or you wouldn't be sitting in the chair you're sitting in. <laughs> well, that, thanks for saying that, Tyler. That, that, that's, that means a lot to me. And yeah, I do believe, I, I, I say to everybody, you know what, um, this is the engine. Like, like, really, we have to understand our engine and working with industry. I mean, I think industry for a long time, I mean, industry is an engine, but we ha- it's together. We got to do it together. And, and it's this notion of when we bring everything that we have in this province together, and, and we work in collaboration. We're going to see really, really big things happen in this province. And, you know, just today, I was on yet another call about this future hydrogen economy. And, I mean, this area excites me. We've got a group that we're working with at SAIT that is going to be representing Canada at the upcoming African Energy Summit. You talk about international conversations that are game-changing. We're, we're looking at taking our carbon capture technology and introducing it to the entire world. And this is all developed here in Alberta. I, I don't know how we can't get excited about I'm, The that. hydrogen economy I and mean, the opportunity around hydrogen, I'm very excited about it. I've had a few guests on recently, and the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, okay, we, there's something like, there's, who's better positioned for that than us? Uh, you know, simply put. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, the green building technology space, when we look about how we're going to construct things in, in those sustainable, resilient communities of the future. I am going to tell you that there is going to be a number of Alberta companies. Their name is going to be very well known in a few years. Mm-hmm. And, and then the last piece of this for me, which is which very near and dear to my heart, is, is our work with the Indigenous communities. Because I think, you know, in Canada, you know, when we look at our future and look at the most important people that are part of the people that are at the table and going to transform our company, our Indigenous communities are an absolute most important part of that. And, and I think for, you know, we work with a lot of Indigenous communities at, at SAIT, being that unbiased, you know, trusted partner, and I think as we go forward, um, the, the potential that we have to work with those communities in, in marrying, you know, all the traditional knowledge that they have, all of the ways that we can learn from them, and then they can learn from us. And the outcome of that is our future generations. And, uh, you know, that is, our future workforce is going to look very, very different 
and building sustainable, resilient communities for all of the Indigenous nations across Canada, it, that's, gonna, that's exciting. I mean, you know, what an amazing opportunity we have in front of us. And there's some interesting, I recently had uh, Trent Fouquet from Steel River on, and he talked a lot about the opportunities for the traditional business community and the nations to collaborate and look at things in a much longer term and not look at the four-year project, but look at a 40-year relationship. And, you know, he goes, there's, he goes, there's a lot of companies that are doing it well, but he goes, there's still an opportunity to have it be, be able to have a different conversation and the way the nations come to the table versus the way industry does. And he shared some interesting insights with me just of somebody who lives it and breathes it every day. And to me, it felt like there was significant untapped opportunity for all parties in, in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Tyler, we have many nations within our province that are really leading the way with exciting projects and building out, you know, what, what will be actually, you know, potentially uh, game-changing for Canada when it comes to a resilient community of the future. You know, what clean energy, how do we protect our environment? How do all of these things intersect? I love, you know, you laid it out, the, the centers of excellence, they're all part and parcel to each other. They all can be looked at individually, but you're right. It's, there's nothing, nothing lives on an island. Like you talk about, you know, this is Collisions YYC, it's about Calgary, but we live in Alberta. It's a, it's, it's a provincial conversation, but you know, I do, I'm very proud of the city that, that I live in and I believe we do have some superpowers here, but you're right. We're all in it together and there's, there's no magic dome or, you know, no one's living on an island. And when you look at all those centers of excellence from, you know, unconventional energy to environment, to green building, to innovation advance, and then just the technology that underpins all of it. Really excited to hear what you guys are doing and like the numbers around how many companies you've worked with and how many prototypes you've stood up in the last two years. Like, sorry, this story needs to be told a little bit louder. I'm just going to be blunt and say that <laughs> because that's, a, that's, that's the kind of headlines that make people go, oh, whoa, wait a second. I guess there is really some positive things going on in this province because they're absolutely, I joke, if you don't think there's anything going on here, it's because you're not paying attention or you haven't gone and dug a little bit. Because yes, they are buried, but man, there's some exciting things. And this is really, you really got me. Trish, I always love our conversations because I get very energized from it because you are, you are a high energy and I love it. But we're really excited to learn more about the Applied Research and Innovation Services at SAID and what you guys are doing. How can people get a hold of you? If they want to learn more, they're excited. And do they, do you guys have a website specifically for uh, Eris? Yeah, we have, Sate's got a pretty extensive website. It's, so, it's big. That's why, um, like, is there a specific a place we can channel people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can, you can just Google us at Applied Research and Innovation at Sate, and it'll, it'll bring you to us. Uh, people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn and happy to connect you with not only our division, but the, the different deans of the schools at Sate and, you know, what we're doing uh, with our corporate education and our continuing education and, and all of that space. Because, you know, I think the, the days of people, you know, I think SAIT has, has had a long history in, in Calgary. We're the oldest polytechnic in all of Canada. You guys have a rich history. When you We've dig in a little bit, over, it's impressive. <laughs> over 100 years. But I think the, the and, and for many years we were known as the trade school on the yeah. hill, Right. <laughs> But the reality is, is we are, we're far from that today. And I mean, we have got our group that is doing corporate training and corporate education and helping companies reskill their, their own existing workforce. We're working all over the world. SAIT is working with, I don't even know what the correct number is. It's got to be at least 
30 plus countries in the world looking at how do we interface in the global ecosystem. And, and it, it's just not, uh, you know, what we grew up with. <laughs> And, and, not, you know, not, not, as we not go your forward, grandpa's polytechnic. Yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, no, and, 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 you know, Tyler, here's, the, here's what I'm going to leave the audience with today, because this is really a crazy thought about what we have in Canada. We have a polytechnic network of applied research institutions in Canada that is in every province in this country. Imagine what our country would look like when we think about, you know, solving big problems that we have through applied research and driving innovation forward, when we utilize this network that we have all across Canada, in every province, we've got BCIT in British Columbia, we've got Sask Polytechnic, every single province has these types of institutions that are here to work you know, with our community, government, indigenous communities, industry partners, investors, all of these entities in, in building a better Canada. And I think, you know, I think once we realize what we have and we start to break down the barriers of, of working in a much bigger way with these institutions, we're really going to see a, 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 some major transformation in Canada. That was exciting because it was both a challenge and an opportunity all rolled together. <laughs> yes, the bringing down the barriers and stop thinking about things on an, in an isolated in an isolated front and truly multiply the output. Trish, that was a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for the insight, and and I'm I'm quite excited. And uh, yeah, you guys have a great website. I'm just checking it out now. Applied Research and Innovation Services. Google it. Comes up number one. And uh, yeah, please go out there and learn some more and and reach out and have a chat. Trish, thanks so much. I always enjoy our conversations. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks so much for having me.